0: Welcome to episode two of the Cuz I Have To podcast. I'm Julie Slater. I co-host this program with Jason Friday, and this week we have our first guest, Jason's bandmate, Robin August. They're in the band Rival Tides. Robin is also a writer, director, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody. How do you feel about being our first guest?
1: You're like, um, was that, Manifest Destiny? Where it's like everything that you've done in your life has led you to the one yeah, moment?
0: that's exactly...
1: And this is the moment.
0: So we want to talk about the whole point of our podcast, because I have to, is living your dream, living your dharma, and like things that that you won't give up on because you just have to pursue them. So you're in a band with Jason. Rival Tides.
1: I am. I'm in a band. With you? Yeah, I know it doesn't. Uh... Well,
0: I don't know. Are you guys? Because of still the pandemic.
1: Yeah. Well, because of the pandemic, it feels like are we a band? Are anymore? we? Are we I still think, a band? Yeah, I don't know about so, that one. I mean, is... there's still some T-shirts,
0: so I think we're just
1: still. In I would. Band. I mean, I would definitely say we were a band. We were yeah. a band. But are we a band?
0: Maybe. What's your favorite Rival Tides? I'll ask Robin. Sorry, Jason. They're Sorry. both in the band together. Yeah. What's your favorite, what song means the most to you that we could play a clip
1: from? Um, the one I think the one that stands out for me that I really, I felt like the first song that I really kind of felt proud of making and it was pretty personal and I think it's still, like there's a lot of people that are fans that kind of, see, not secretly, but they, it's got like a kind of a, a little bit of a following, but it's not like one of our biggest songs was Ocean. It's like the people that like that song, like love that song. Um, Why is
0: it your favorite?
1: Because I think that was the first song that I really kind of got really personal. Like I really kind of went there as like far as like my emotions, and also I just kind of I felt like it was probably some of the strongest writing I had done in 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 the band.
0: What's the song about?
1: I mean, it's about love. I think a lot of the things I write, especially in my films and stuff, it's very goes back to like my childhood, the things I was like taught or i learned or i was just you know that, that that age where you're kind of just trying to figure out why you're here and like what is all this you don't really think about it at the time but like, like later on in your life it feels like two life times ago and then you and you, those little things you remember but you kind of you, you almost like feel it more vividly it's like the lessons you learned or like just how to be a good person or you know, the things that your mom and dad instilled in you that maybe at the time you were like, oh, whatever, you know, and now you're older and like, wow, thank God (laughs) I had good parents, you know? Yeah. So to me, the song is kind of like an all-encompassing, I guess, like look into a slice of life, look into like growing up and becoming a man or woman and and just kind of learning how to navigate the world as like an adult. And it's also kind of melancholy in a a way because you kind of miss, like it's gone, like you can't be a kid again. And so it's kind of sad as well it's like exciting and it's sad so I, I, I like the songs that i felt like it had a lot a really good balance of it, it, it felt like sadness but also joy kind of mixed together which i try to do in most of my stuff because yeah. i guess life you know it's the, the yin and the yang
0: it must be pretty cool though to have a song that resonates with people
1: yeah yeah and i think it's it, funny enough i think that song i was like i think i was like man i think i'm stepping on my game i like this the way i wrote you know and it's, it's not like a huge you know, uh, poem of a song. It's it, it's pretty simple, but the lyrically, I think I, I really crafted it the best that I had done uh, to to portray what I was trying to say. And I knew that it was I was onto something because I think uh, Caleb was in our band at the time, like really like. And it's hard. It was hard to get him to. He'd be like, Yeah, cool, whatever. And, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like we might write a song. He'd be like yeah, cool, whatever. Let's just play. Yeah. And uh, that was the one where he was, like, I think he even, like, posted something on MySpace. He's just, like...
0: MySpace. I've yeah, heard. like, it was, like,
1: MySpace was the big thing at the time. Or maybe it was Facebook, uh, but he posted, like, the lyrics. Like, he was just, like, so stoked. Like, he really liked the song, and I was just, like, oh. He cracked
0: Caleb.
1: Yeah, he cracked yeah, a little well, bit. You,
2: what, like you said, it, you did pinpoint it pretty lyrically-wise. Yeah. It was pretty badass. But, I mean, even as being, like... One of the writers of this of the song writing, not maybe the not music. the lyrics, but the music part of it, it's so big and explosive and like and even that was emotional. And then you add Robin's lyrics on, you're like, what? This is amazing. Yeah, and I also in a
1: weird way too. I also think like the next one would be My Insomnia as far as like yeah. personal for me. And I almost kind of feel like My Insomnia was like a like a chapter two to emotions yeah. or something.
2: One, I totally agree with yeah.
1: that. Rockin'. emotional for me but also part of the song was like about like you know my best my best friend's mike and like i have uh, two best friends i grew up with um my my really good friend mike and then later on my other friend josh who i haven't seen in man years it was like a little bit about that and growing up and growing apart because they we kind of fell apart and or moved away and um, luckily mike and i are, are friends again we, we reconnected but yeah Where did you grow up? a lovely little uh town called lompoc um <laughs> We have an air force base and a prison.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. You can, uh, but now, there you can skydive there. They really, they're really up the tourism. Uh, wine and skydiving is, is the big thing there now. When so, did you
0: leave Lompoc?
1: It's two thousand. Or, or, or I guess right before two thousand. And again, did you?
0: I think Jason told me that you moved here to pursue acting.
1: Originally, because it was it's so weird. Like as a kid, in my head. Would see like films, and I would be like, I want to do that. And I think I just did not understand w- how it was made. And it's funny because I listen to a lot of film podcasts, and most filmmakers say the same thing. They're like, I even had like a, I think I listened one recently where the guy was like, Jurassic Park was the moment that he, and he he said at the end of it, the credits came on, and he's like, Who's Spiel- Steven Spielberg? It's like that's the guy that made this. He's like, Someone made this, you know? It's like <laughs> it's like you don't even understand how it's made. And so in my head, all as a kid, all you see is you see the actors. And you think in your head, the actors are what tell the story. Which, you know, they are definitely tell part of the story, but you don't understand like the whole encompassing like all the I mean, even the warder department is telling a story, you know, like everyone's adding in this thing to create this like thing that shouldn't exist. (laughs) Like this this collaborative art piece. And uh In my head, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. And I think it was also a little bit of, like, you know, any kid just, like, wanting to get attention. So I was like, I'll be an actor. And and then I came out here to to pursue that. Uh, And in the meantime, when I was a kid, I I, I stole my dad's camera. And I I already was a director. I was already doing stuff. But in my head, I didn't realize, like, that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm I'm an actor. I'm just getting myself on camera. So when I came out here and you sit in these, like, rooms, these cattle calls, and you're reading this, like, terrible script, you know, and I'm, like, a, you know, blonde-haired, blue eyed guy and I'm sitting in a room with like twenty mm. other blond haired blue eyed guys reading this a god awful script yeah. and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like why why am I doing this? And I I think that's when I realized like I could write a better script than this. Ooh, maybe I should start doing my own stuff. And luckily the world kind of started changing in that sense too where people were actually you know, cameras got cheaper and YouTube started existing and like, you know, it kinda of was a perfect time for me to transition because because now like you had more tools More and accessible. opportunities yeah, to, yeah to, to, right. to do that stuff and i think some people uh, that might have not have done what i did to come out here they might have missed the boat of like not doing their own stuff and they're still going to these cattle calls and they're like wondering like you know just waiting for that moment to hit big and it's like dude just write your own thing get a camera like get some friends shoot it yourself it
0: seems like a lot of actors get fed up with because you have to keep waiting for someone to accept you to be a part of their project yeah. So then they just say, I'm just going to write my own. My friend
1: Jamie. That's oh my same. god, yeah, exactly. And, or, you know, like a lot of the, you know, the famous actors now or people in like, you know, you know A-list, let's say, or even B, have like a good opportunity because of their name to like pick the roles that they want. They really get to like go, I want to do this. As an actor trying to struggle make it, you have to play what you get. And some of it's fucking terrible.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And so that isn't really a good... Yeah, It's kind of like winning the lotto. You know, you have to... You have to have the talent, you have to have the drive, but then you have to also, like, the director or the writer has to be good if, to, for you to shine and all come together and be like, wow, you know? Like, I think of, like, Mark Ruffalo in that movie with, uh, uh, I forgot what it was called. It was, like It was, like, the first time he went up for, like, an academy. He was, like, a, the best supporting actor. It was called, like, um, who was in it? It was, a uh, Laura Linney. Um. And that was, oh. nobody knew who he was. Oh. Right. Yeah, right. no one knew who he was. He was like a bartender before.
0: Hi, it's the voice in your head. The answer is, you can count on me.
1: But right. he did this one small movie, and it just happened to be a great script with a great, you know, acting ensemble, and he brought his A game, and then he became Mark Ruffalo, man. Right. Like everybody was pursuing him after that, and no one knew who he was before. And so that that to me is like, it's just a right mix of everything. It's like the talent, the luck, a good script, a, a, you, a know, quality direct, like everybody coming together to make magic, and, and it's like winning a lot of them. Right? It really is.
2: <laughs> no, I know. And you see, like you're saying, it's from the director to the wardrobe assistant, even yeah, that creates the chemistry of the movie, like everybody.: Oh totally,
1: yeah. but I mean, it, they, they could have hired someone else that came in, and even if it was a good actor could have not done as good of a job in that role. Yeah, he was just perfect for that role, dude. Back
2: to the Future, perfect example. Yeah. The original guy was not, in fact, Michael J. Fox.
1: Yeah, I know it was a uh, um, redhead uh, from Oh, yeah. Uh, assaults, uh, yeah, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and they actually, they even have uh, footage. Yeah, you can see on YouTube because like, they filmed it, but they had it, yeah. to refilm
2: it when they <laughs> got. Well, they, well, got
1: they, the they filmed it, and they got to a certain point. They're like, "This isn't working," this isn't and <laughs> they had to like reshoot the whole movie. recap I feel <laughs> so bad insane. for Eric Stoltz. I know. Where, like. And he's fine now, obviously. No, obviously. That's the thing. And they were even saying that, like, if you watch the interviews about that, they're like, he's an amazing actor. He's so good. Yeah. But he just wasn't that role. He just wasn't McFly. Like, he wasn't him. Right. And, you know, Jay Fox was. Fox, man, yeah. He was, jeez.
0: Now, you just wrote (laughs) and directed and produced, like, your own movie. What is it called?
1: Yeah, Party With Me is the name of the film. We saw
0: it. It's amazing. We it are is. featured extras.
1: You are? It and is. you're a voice actor as well. Both. Oh, oh yes. that's right. That's right. Wow. Voice actors and actors. <laughs>
0: and you just got some. It was just in a film festival. You won some awards. Tell us about it.
1: I did. I, do you know, look in my foyer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wash them every day with my tongue. Um, Those are very shiny. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: he does have two awards. So what did you win for?
1: Uh we won uh Best Film, which was amazing, and Best Ensemble cast, and I guess that was presented by Variety Magazine, although I don't know if Variety magazine knows or cares that the <laughs> name is on the title. <laughs> they may or may not. But I will say Ensemble, that's pretty Yeah.
0: That,
1: yeah, that was the first award we get and I was like really stoked about that, that, that one. Right. And I was not expecting uh best film. That was kind of like blown away. I was I was really hoping for uh, best lead actress for um Allison Flanagan who plays the lead because she was fucking great I mean everybody was yeah. great but she really yeah she brought, brought her yeah. her a-game to that and I just really wanted her to get um you know
0: so what would you say so you're in a band you're a singer-songwriter you also write films direct
1: mm-hmm.
0: actor like what do you think is? I'm also your... a heart surgeon on the side heart surgeon yeah. oh, thank wow
2: God. that's incredible yeah
0: um, what would you say is the biggest thing that drives you of all those things? If you had to give everything up but one, what would it be?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it, it probably would be, like, writing, directing. Uh, just because, like, it involves everything I love, you know? I get to deal with the music, the acting, the story. You know, at the core of what I think I definitely, like, I, know I don't want to sound, like, pretentious or anything, but, like, I don't want to be like, I'm an artist, you know, like a lot of people say. I'm a heart yeah, surgeon. Yeah, but I, I feel like I'm just, I'm a storyteller. That's just, that's who I am. Even with the music, with the band, you know, they, thank God, they let me write the lyrics. And so I get to, like, tell a story, you know, with my films, I get to tell a story. Even when somebody, uh, a band comes to me with, for a music video, they don't, they're like, here's the song, this is what it's about, we don't care. It doesn't have to correlate. In fact, I kind of usually hate it when a Music video matches exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like come yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if it's like art, like it's my insomnia. It, it's similar. It's it's kind of to the point, but it's it has a strong. Uh, it it's more of like a collage of like ideas and thoughts. It's not like a so much of a straightforward story. It's a journey, I guess. Yeah. Um But like, yeah, I a lot of bands will come to me and they'll just like I'll do whatever you want, and so I get to like write and create these little short short films, basically with their song as the soundtrack. Right. And that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and they get paid for it. And it's awesome, <laughs> but after a while, you're like, it kind of, uh, it gets you get to the point where you're like, well, because especially when, you know, you, you do this kick-ass video and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of music directors might uh, test this, but it's not like I'm dying to get, like, everyone to, like, praise me or anything like that. But, like, when you put all this work, you write something, you put all this work into something, and it's awesome, the band loves it, the fans love it, and then they put it out, and then all the fans are like, oh, my God, what an amazing video. Good job, band. Yeah. And it's like, they didn't—they just showed up and you know, it's they their don't music. Stand
0: that it actually was made by something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> and so it gets a
1: little unfulfilling where it's like, I appreciate them liking the video. I know I did, but it's not like you don't really get the credit that, you know, a lot of artists would yeah. love to have. And so, and I know it sounds like fucking vain, but... It's true. It's like you put all your heart, like blood, sweat, and tears and you kind of want a little bit of like, hey man, good job, you know? No, validation. Like personally. Is, like, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, it's just validation. It's, that's yeah. all it really is. It's yeah. not like me trying to be like, Ugh. I'm just... You're not sitting yeah. there going, where's the spotlight? Can you shine it on me? Exactly. Uh, no. <laughs> and so it's, it's just after a while, it's like, well, what are, and you feel like a lot of times when you're doing that, you put so much of your energy in and you're not really getting appreciated in, in the sense of like validation. So it's like, well, am I putting all my energy into that and not doing my my thing where it's like this is me with the our band it's cool because it is it's us you know but it is you know when they give the the validation it's it's for us and the video which i'm part of yeah uh, when it's another band i enjoy making the videos and i love helping bands create really rad videos and art and and to, to uplift their song even more but after a while it's like when am i going to do my thing you know, right, And I don't want to get burnt out where I'm doing everyone else's thing. Because that's what happens a lot in this town, especially with, with artists, is that you end up doing so many things for other people just to pay the bills that you don't even have the steam anymore to do the thing that you came out here to do for yourself. Right. You know? Do you feel
0: like you're finally doing more of things for yourself?
1: I am because I'm forcing myself. It's a lot harder. Like There's a lot of nights of not sleeping. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, sacrifices you need to make. Like I don't really, you know, like you guys call me up for this thing and I'm like I jump on the opportunity because I don't really socialize, especially now in the pandemic. But you just have to like – I was up to like probably 4 or 5 in the morning last night working on this short film, you know, because I know like on Monday I have to do this other web series job for a friend of mine that's giving me a paycheck. So, you know, it's <laughs> right, like you, right. you have to kind of sacrifice like your weekends and your social life, but you have to do it. The, the, one of the things I uh, – I, a story that I read about – was somebody said, um, I forget exactly what it was, but it was somebody that was just like, they, they wondered why Beyonce was like, so, you know, besides her just being an amazing performance uh, artist and singer yeah. and everything, they were like, well, how did she do it? I think they, it was something where they thought like, oh, she she lucked out or something. And this guy said... Uh, he's just like that's she bullshit really hard yeah, yeah that's she bullshit. actually works her ass off. <laughs> yeah and he, he, and he did this like um analogy where he said um he said somebody somebody was like i want to be like that and then where well, he they went to like a guru and they said how how do i do this he's like all right well i'll show you uh meet me in at five in the morning uh tomorrow morning at the beach and i'll, and I'll show you how to be that successful so he comes shows up and he walks out to the ocean and he's like, come with me to the ocean. And he's like, what are we doing? He's like fully clothed. it goes out to the ocean. They go to like waist deep. And the guru just goes, cool. Grabs the guy's head, like holds him underwater like for a certain amount of time. He's like struggling. Like, oh, like, comes up. He's like, oh, just breathes. And he's just like, what the hell, man? Like, what are you doing? And he's just like, uh, what, were, what were you doing when you were underwater? He's just like, what do you mean what was I was doing? He's like, what were you thinking? Like, what was in your head when you were struggling underwater? He's like, I just wanted to breathe. I needed to live. And he's like, as soon as you treat your career and what you want to do like that, you're never going to be successful. So he's oh, like, it has to be.
0: Yeah, like it has to be. That
1: is amazing. <laughs> it has to be like, you, you have to do it like it's fucking air. Like you have to breathe it. Wow. Like until you're going to do that and make that sacrifice and do that work, you can't complain. And all those people that are successful, some people aren't. Some people get, you know uh, – uh, what is that? Uh, uh, um, you know, it's family. Like, uh, uh, I forgot the word in my head.
0: It's the voice in your head again. The answer is nepotism. Um,
1: but like you know, they get lucked out because like a family like their fathers, Tom Hanks or whatever the fuck. Yeah, right. But most of the time, they still have. They're really sig- good. They're really good. Yeah, yeah, they're really actually talented. Still, you know. Yeah, they, like they still they happens. still have to have some. Ta- right. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, but the they had a an easier chance yeah, yeah. to break in, sure. but then they had to prove it. You know. Right. Um, you gotta sometimes have skills. that might be yeah, totally. harder that you yeah.
0: really
1: have to prove yourself. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and some of them might have gotten in and they're like, Hey, we'll let you get in this movie and they weren't good and then they were like, If you don't get good, <laughs> yeah. that's it. You know, and they actually worked at it and got better.
2: I can't remember his name, Ice Cube's son.
1: Yeah. When he got the he's part great. for straight out
2: of he's like, No no you gotta fucking like make this yours and show people that this is your part to play. Like, yeah. It wasn't just like, here you go, son, there you, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, and I, I've heard a lot of stories about that too, where it's like yeah. an actor or a director or something are like, just because you got my name doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta prove yourself, you know? Yeah. And some, and some kids don't even want them to know. Like, wow. uh, David Bowie's son, amazing director who did Moon. Nobody even knew that was David Bowie's son.
2: Wow! That's wild. Yeah. yeah,
1: that is, and he that fucking that was his first film. And it was amazing. The uh, Sam Rockwell was like unreal. Yeah, I don't even
2: know if I knew that actually. Shit.
1: Yeah, he's, he's really good. He did another movie with like Jake Gyllenhaal called a uh, Timeline or something. Like it was like a weird time loop kind of thing. Mm. But he was like he was a really talented sci fi kind of director. I think he did Warcraft too. That was like his big uh, box office thing. But I guess it kind of bombed. <laughs> But he's have, a good director. Have you ever yeah. been
0: tempted to take a nine-to-five job and give up on your dreams?
1: Uh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> well, and everybody fun. makes, everybody keeps trying to make, make me think about that. And it's really frustrating.
2: With yeah. what you were just saying, I was just about to bring that up. So that's funny that you, because yeah. I was going to say, you could have just said, fuck it, give me the nine-to-five. Well, um, I'd be making a lot of money make, too. Make... Make it easy, not easy, but you know make like you don't have to worry about shit. Yeah. you just work your eight hours, you come home and then you survive, yeah, and that's it.
1: The weird thing about that is like so I could be you know one one of the compliments I get a lot from people, you know it's not just like the writing or whatever, it's like they just really like the editing, so it's like I get a lot of edit work, and I would love to not have to do editing anymore. <laughs> I would love to write and direct and like sit in with an editor, like a qualified editor and just like kind of, you know, maestro it a little bit. But I don't really want to be there working all night editing something like I did with my feature film, which like practically killed me. Yeah. Um, but I know that if I got a job as an editor, because I know these editors and uh, they make a lot of money. Yeah. I could be making a lot of money. But you know what? When I make my little short film and I ask them to help me and I go in there, they're so excited they're more excited than all the bullshit that they're working on because they see me as this like filmmaker because they were a filmmaker yeah. and and it's almost like they they it's like they're kind of like cheering me on like you know I gave up yeah I got Who, the nine to five you're you're doing it man keep going do, don't d- don't right, give up exactly you know because it is one of those things where it's like if if you do hit you make a lot of money as an editor but you know there's kind of like a plateau, you know you get like maybe a little raise and it's like you know you get a certain amount of money you make good money but like. If you hit it big as like a writer director, fucking yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> doing it's a doing lot what your money.
2: true passion is and yeah, having, being
1: able to that to be, that being be able the, to
0: make a lot of money. And on I don't top even and, yeah, and I don't
1: even want. I don't honestly. I've gotten to the place now where it's like yeah, everybody wants money, right? Like it's it's for me, money is not like I'm trying to show off, and I want these things. I don't really care about things. Unless they're gonna do something for me, like I like cameras because it helps me tell a story. Yeah. Like if it's not gonna give back to me, I don't give a really sh- shit about it. Right. Um, I'm not a materialistic person, but I do like to live comfortably, and I wanna. I guess I want to get to the point where I don't have to really worry so much about money and struggle because I've been poor and I've been you know stealing napkins from fucking subway sandwich because I needed like toilet paper. You know I, I've been yeah. there. Yeah. Shit, I'm still kind of there now, but yeah. uh, you know I just want to get to the point where it's like I, I'm just I'm doing what I love. And I'm making enough money to pay the bills and I can get health insurance and I can like go on vacations. And like, you know, I don't need to be this huge, rich person. I just want to be respected and people will go like, I like that guy's work. And and to be able to like ha- have a life and not struggle so much. That's all I really care about. Yeah. You know? I think like uh, Watts, he did, I don't know if the, the famous professor, Alan Watts, whatever the, mm-hmm. the guy, he did this whole thing where he's just like, uh, this is another one you might like. Like I always think about is that he uh, he had like he had the speech where he said a student came up to me after they're about to graduate and said what should I what should I do like you tell me you're the you're, you're such, this you're smart guy tell me what I should do and he's just like well what do you like to do and they're like no 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 I, I don't I don't nobody cares about what I like just tell me what I should do to make money and be successful <laughs> and he's like I need to know what what is it if you if money wasn't an object what would you be doing he's like well, I would be doing playing with horses or, or raising horses or whatever. like, And he's just like, yeah, do that. And, and they're like, no, that's not going to make you money. He's like, if you work hard at it and you get so good at it, you're going to become a master of it. And then people will want your service. He's like, because everybody is interested in something. So if you get so good at something and you become a master of that thing, the money will follow. So just focus on what makes you happy. And you will, the money will come if you pursue that thing. If you don't, you're gonna be keep doing this loop of like yeah. you know working this job that you hate to come home to dream about that thing that you want to do just to go back to that job and it's just like and then you teach your kids that and then it just everyone's just working like fucking robots not doing what they love. you know and some people they like that. Some people are like, I just want a job to make money. I care about my life with my family life. They don't care about like anything you know that they're trying to pursue uh, as a career. they're like, I just want a paycheck. What they care about is, like, their kids, their family. Stability. And, yeah, they, yeah. That's what they... That's their dream, yeah. you know? And other people have a dream of, like, a profession that they want to do. And I yeah. think if you have a dream of a professional, you should fucking pursue that and not listen to anyone. Right. And just do it. Like I said, like, you can't fucking breathe without doing it. That like right. You have to get to that point. Otherwise, you probably didn't want it that much in the first place. That's what I've learned. Right. I had to look in the mirror a couple times and go, do you really want to do this? Because <laughs> you're not acting like it.
2: Yeah, right. Speaking of that, what would you tell your 20, like 20 years ago before coming to L.A.? Like, what would you tell yourself or what, or what, you know what I mean? Like, is there something you would do, you would have done different or any like advice that you could have told yourself 20 years ago before you came to L.A.? I
1: probably would have, I would have written more. Yeah. I would have listened. It's funny because I got a lot of really good advice and I didn't listen to it and I probably would have listened to it. Right. Like I, rem- I remember specifically, I went out one night. Because uh, when you come out here, especially when you're young and you're pursuing this, it's it's a very glamorous city. Sure. Or at least it was. <laughs> <laughs> now it's fucking uh, garbage, garbage fire. Uh, but <laughs> well, especially
2: yeah. if you're coming from Lompoc to fucking Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. that's like. But shit. you know,
1: most people, it's like you know, you get the clubs and the Hollywood life and the hot hot girls and guys and and drugs and. You know what I mean? And everybody gets caught up in that, and that's why it's you sad because you see a lot of these, like, not everyone, but there are a lot of people that are, like, strung out on drugs and homeless, and they all came out here with that dream, and they got caught up in that lifestyle, and it just took, it just consumed them. And yeah. Because I think they were coming out here more for the attention and the fame part of it than it was the craft. Sure. You know? And, I, and that's something I had to remind myself. To, like, are you here for attention? Right. Or are you here because you love telling stories? Right. And I was like, I love telling stories. Well, then fucking well, then stop f- fucking going to bars that. and going to clubs and doing this bullshit, you know? Yeah. And and there was this guy that I – I remember I went out with my buddy and he was like this kind of a, a decent actor at the time. And I was like all excited, you know, as I was trying to be an actor. And this guy was like on a TV show. He was like kind of a name. And we hung out with him and it was like this feeling of like, oh, if I hang out with this guy – then he'll, he can become friends and he'll get, you know, it's all this bullshit, like so networking late. thing. Yeah. yeah. That's so <laughs> It's so dumb. Yeah. And he was a really nice guy and I never saw him again, but I remember that night we were, we got out to this like club and we were drinking, you know, and I, and I, I asked him, I was like, can you give me any advice, like how to break into this business? or like, what should I do? And he goes, well, I'll give you the first thing you should do. And I was like, yeah, please tell me. And he goes, don't do this. <laughs> wow. And I was like, what do you mean? this and he's like pointing around the room and above oh, yeah. and he's just like he's like I don't ever do this. I'm doing this cuz I'm just taking a night off, hanging out with my friend I hadn't seen in a while. But he's like I don't go to clubs, I don't go to bars. Wow. I fucking work. Yeah. And he's like until you're going to get rid of this bullshit idea in your head of what Hollywood is like, you're not going to be successful. Right? Unless you're like Paris Hilton where you already have like that you're making a name for yourself as like the party <laughs> person. Sure. On TMZ or whatever. It's like if you're trying to be a real actor, don't go to bars, don't be drinking, don't be dumb. Like <laughs> go to bed, wake up, work, you know? Yeah. I guess the
0: pandemic helped a little
1: with that. Yeah. Well, obviously just getting older, <laughs> like <laughs> just getting older, you start like getting tired of that stuff. Yeah. It, I think, and that's probably what I would tell. I don't think I would listen to myself though. Like if I went back and said, dude, don't go to bars. Don't try to hook up with girls or do this, like try to be this you know, this Leonardo DiCaprio this character. image that, bullshit, image bullshit <laughs> Like work on what it is that you want to do Write and try to, you know, like actually pursue that stuff. I still think I wouldn't have listened. I'd be like, you know what? I'm 20. I want to have fun. Fuck you. I'm, you know. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have listened to myself. Yeah. I really don't.
2: No, I. that's why I asked. It's a, it's an interesting question. I think you
1: kind of need to get it out of you. Yeah. You know, some people that never gets out of them but yeah. Some
0: good stories come
1: out of it. Yeah, right? Yeah. But some people need to just kind of be stupid and young and wild, and then they're like, okay, I did it. And that's kind of like me. It's like, eh, I did it. I don't need to do that again. I like to have fun and yeah. hang out with friends and drink a little bit and, you know, that stuff, but it's more casual. It's not like my 20s where I was just constantly just in need of some <laughs> distraction or, you know, yeah. Some kind of drug, whether it was like sex or, 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 or alcohol or, or or just attention or just like the FOMO, you know, like I don't want to miss out on something. It was <laughs> right. just so stupid. I know, well that's like Fat Mike from No
2: Effects. He's he's been a businessman most of his life because he owns Fat Records. Yeah. And he said in this interview, he's like, Look, just fucking go do your shit and then do drugs when you're in your
1: <laughs> late thirties. Yeah, did he he'd
2: like <laughs>
1: Which is, like, also dumb, but, he, you know, but he did it, like, later in his life, right? No, right, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. he, I, that's why I said, like, he's been a businessman and a band dude, like, most, like, his whole life, but he didn't fuck around until later in yeah. his life. Yeah, right? it makes me think
1: of, like, the grandpa in, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Right. Where he's, like, giving all this, like, knowledge and in, in the, yeah. the grandson's like, what are you talking about, grandpa? Like, you're, you just started doing heroin, he's just, like. I'm old! I just wanted, I'm dying anyway! I just wanted to know what it felt like! So he just started doing heroin at like 90 or some shit.
2: Was that, what's his name? Alan Ark. Alan Ark. Which yeah. I met. Did they tell you I met him? No. Yeah, they were crazy.
1: filming at that bar I worked at, and I was walking by. there had a whole, because they were filming out there all the time, like different TV shows and movies. Yeah. And I'm walking, because we had, we stored all like the kegs across the way, and in the middle of the parking lot, they were having this shoot, and I was just like, I wonder if anybody. Is like famous in this shit, whatever it is. If it's a movie or a TV show, whatever. But, uh, and f- I'm walking back with a keg. Uh, and fucking standing right in front of me is Alan Arkin. And I was just like... <laughs> I was like, Mr. Arkin? He's just like, yeah. And I was just like, I am such a huge fan. And I shook his hand. He was like really cool really nice. shit, that's And funny. I was like... I got, went to mm-hmm. I'm like, I just fucking met Alan Arkin. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. That's rad. Actually, I met a lot of really... A lot of celebrities working at that bar, and most of them were pretty freaking cool, like really down to earth. Most oh. of the people I met, which is was kind of nice to, because you always think, was that villains? Yeah, yeah. Because you, you just never know. Like you hear all these stories, and it's like, what if like somebody's just a total prick? And you know, I didn't meet anybody like that huge, you know, like he's huge, but you know, I didn't meet like Leonardo DiCaprio or something. Right, right, right. But you know, a lot of the people that are working actors, the ton of stuff, and they're all really nice, and it just kind of gives you like oh, thank God, like, if I want to be a director and I want to... Yeah. You're always terrified, too. It's like, if I get to the level where I get enough money, then I have to have a star. You know, how terrifying is that going to be if the star is just, like, god-awful to work with? And just and I'm just, like, new director. It's like, oh, God, I want with this stupid new guy. You know? <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, I get that. Because you're just, like, you want to tell a story, and you really want a really good actor in it, That and they, they do the job well, obviously, but you don't want to, like, look like a jackass... Yeah. yeah, or like piss them off, with like I never <laughs> want to work with this director again, or tells the whole town, and then next thing you know, it's like you're not really working that much because, you know what I mean? Because that one
0: person. It's yeah. scary. So be doing all this creative stuff can be really, um like, take an emotional toll. Do you have any kind of what do you do to keep your sanity? Your any like wellness things that you, like, what keeps you
1: sane? <sighs> Man. It's weird. Like, in a weird way, like, just kind of just creating in general is what actually I think keeps me sane. <laughs> it's like therapy for me. It really oh, yeah. is. Like, if I don't have it, I go kind of crazy. That's why did this year, which is not working, you know, besides all the whatever other life personal stuff, just not being able to work has, like, kind of made me go a little crazy. Like I said before, it's like you get wrapped up in doing all these other projects just to pay the bills, that you don't have time to do your personal stuff. And so I was like, well, dude take this opportunity, like, work on your personal stuff now, Yeah, you know, and so that's what I, I think has helped me kind of stay sane, is like, I'm I'm looking at it as a positive and going, dude, you have all the, you have to the yeah. end of the year to finish this script, finish this thing you wanted to do, this other thing you wanted to do, and, you know, and then just keep on the side, trying to look for, you know, side gigs to make a little extra money besides the, you know, EDD that you're getting. <laughs> yeah. and uh, And I think a lot of people aren't taking that opportunity some are but i think some aren't because of how heavy yeah. it's been it's it's hard to have motivation when the world is like stuck in quicksand it feels like right you know it's it's a very heavy time and you just
0: you gotta dig into your craft
1: yeah and to you feel you kind of feel the energy you feel the world not moving yeah right and it makes you not want to move either because you feel like almost like you're selfish if you do you know? It's yeah. Interesting. Like other that people are suffering, so why are you pretending like. Right. Why are you pursuing your dreams anymore? Everyone's in, in, in a nightmare right now. You should right. be enjoying. The, with them in this nightmare. Right. It's like, I don't want to, though. Why do I want to make things worse? You know? Yeah.
0: So now you're working on a. you said a short? Uh,
1: well, I have. so I have a, a, a full length script that I'm almost finished with. Um, and I did a proof of concept. I just shot a proof of concept for it, which is basically like the opening of the film. And then I'm also working on a um, an animated short film.
0: And what about um, your movie, Party with Me? When can people see that?
1: <sighs> Man, you tell me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: try. So I'm talking right now with like certain distributors and people that are trying to help, but it's it's hard. Like it it really is a beast. Uh, making a movie is a beast. Getting in festivals is so hard. <laughs> there's a lot of politics there's a lot of just like the right timing like you they could really love your film but another film's kind of like it and they like that film more or that filmmaker was has a connection and so they pick that one over you so it's like you just never know yeah so it, it, it's really kind of frustrating and you kind of there's a lot of times that you feel i wouldn't say defeated but you feel kind of like there's just you just got to do it on your own like i made the movie based off of that south by southwest uh keynote that um Duplass Mark Duplass said, and one of the th- the whole thing was the Calvary isn't coming, so don't wait around for yeah. people to give you money. I right. watched that. Yeah, sure. it's yeah. amazing. I love. I tell everybody to watch it. It's so good. Um, you
0: gotta do it yourself. Yeah, you I, I think like that speech alone. Or-
1: yeah, that speech yeah. alone that he did, I think, has produced so many movies. My movie kind of maybe if it was like the year before, or afterwards, somebody would have been felt more connected to the film and would have got in. Like yeah. you just never know. It's kind of like just you can't there's no expectations there's not it's all just so random that you that you kind of have to just keep moving and keep creating and just not letting it get to you. And so that's why I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing this film I'm gonna pursue this other thing and in the meantime I'm putting the movie out and sending it to people and saying, hey, let's try to get distribution and I'm not like somebody I, I just got like two emails the other week from distributors are like, hey I think we're gonna pass on this and I, can't I hate even, that term pass. It's the word. I mean, yeah. Pass on this. Yeah. yeah. So we And I don't right know if they pass. watched it. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if they right. actually watched it. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: So well, if
2: they didn't they're fucking missing out because <sighs> Julian, it is a great movie. We've it, Julie seen and I it, are in it.
1: Man. Thank you. It really is. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I'm it made me I'm, really proud of you. It's terrible, yeah. thank you. I, I it's very terrifying too cuz I was just like you you, you trying to make this thing and then the whole time, like, it's just like, oh my god, this is, people are gonna hate this. Like, it sucks, you know. Yeah. And thank God I listened to all these like podcasts and interviews, and they all say the same thing. Every director is like, I hated my movie. It, it, in fact, I think even like J. Duplass said, if you don't hate your movie at the end of it, you're about to show to people, or are terrified that everyone's gonna hate it. Like something's wrong. <laughs> like you should oh my be god, that's so terrified good. because if you think about it this is like art man like this is you're putting your heart out there and you if you're not terrified you got a fucking ego on you man
2: yeah
1: like everybody should be scared right you should be like i don't know if people are gonna want to hear my voice or this you know and it's not even like this is not all encompassing me it's just one little story it's one part of my voice yeah right and what if they don't like that? They might think, "Oh, the next thing's gonna suck." But the next thing I'm gonna make might be like, "Shit, the movie I'm making now is completely different." Yeah. People are gonna look. If I make this movie, they're gonna be like, "I can't believe that was the same director." Probably. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Because it's not the same story. Yeah. It's not the same vibe. It's it's completely different. I think for me, it's just like I'm trying to get my voice out to just show like I can tell stories in different ways, and I hope I feel like I'm more of like a diverse. Director. I'm not like a Wes Anderson where I'm just, all my movies kind of have a, a certain aesthetic, I think. I would love to make a film that's like a Wes Anderson movie. I would love to make a movie yeah. that's like a fucking Scorsese, you know? And yeah. who is
0: your hero as far as a director or writer?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I love so many directors. Like, it's like, you know, the same ones that everybody loves. Like, you know, Kubrick, Spielberg. Um, but I'd probably say Tarantino, I love. Um, but I would say. In a weird way, probably some of the directors that aren't my favorite are the ones I feel like I'm probably closer to being like. I don't know, like Soderbergh or, you know, people that are kind of like um, chameleons. Like, they, mm. you, you see one movie and you, didn't, and you see another one, you're like, that was the same director? Right. You know, they can kind of do anything. Right. That's kind of what I like to do. Like, I never want to make the same movie. Same and style of sequence. Fact, no. and yeah,
2: yeah. You, I don't. I like, I, like, I
1: love Wes Anderson. He has a unique style. I love all his, his films, but I don't know how he does it. I feel like if I made, you know, that movie, the next movie, I would have some of his aesthetics, but I would not want it. I'd want to shoot it all, like, on an iPhone, you know, with my hand, instead of, like, yeah. all these perfectly... You know, but he, he makes all his movies, like, plays. Right. Because he was, like, a, you know, a playwright, you know, was a kid. So, I that's just his aesthetic i don't know if he's being told to keep doing that because it works and i've heard that in the industry where it's like once you get like a vibe that people like you kind of need to stick with it and they they try to get you not to try new things yeah um i don't know or maybe he just likes doing that
2: i mean he's good at what he does right oh it's but, great but, i mean but yeah. i get what you're saying though
1: yeah nobody else does it like him and i even have like i think for me there's served there's a lot of different directors that have maybe done like a shot or some kind of style that I feel feels right in the moment in the film, but I don't want the whole film to look like that. I want it to be like, this shot needs to look like a Wes Anderson shot. Right. This shot needs to look like something Cooper mm-hmm. would do. Right. Because that's what, I just take influences from all my favorite directors, but I don't want to, I don't know if I have like a distinct style, and maybe that's a problem. Maybe I need, you know, a lot of people in this industry, like you need to figure that out. Like, yeah. oh, fucking no. <laughs> I like to do I like to just do what I'm into at the time. Yeah, whatever like, you're
2: feeling, whatever, yeah. Yeah, like,
1: so partying me, that I, I was in like the vibe of doing like a kind of in- indie comedy, you know, uh just going for it, kind of fun thing with my friends and not no rules. And in this one, I'm writing like a super like lighting has to be a certain way, you know, there's action a little more music, specific like, and yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's just different, you know. Yeah. And also I have hopefully have more resources for the new film you know with with part of me if I had all these resources I would shot it differently I probably would have had a fucking lead actor in it we would have shot on anamorphic lenses we would have like a month to shoot it instead of eight days yeah you know it, it would have been a maybe a whole different type of movie <laughs> yeah all
0: right so you were a bartender favorite cocktail
1: Ooh, favorite cocktail um fuck I mean old-fashioned man yeah. what that is yeah. your whiskey
2: baby what is your least favorite ingredient of an old-fashioned
1: Oh, the Missionary Cherries, <laughs> like, a, like a that's a that's a new old fashioned. I was I gonna say that's new old a more yeah yeah. You but know I love the um, the
0: fake cherries. Like I grew that's that's up the one. On... Oh, is that
1: the, the bright red? Yeah, that's Missionary Cherries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The no, Luxardo like cherries are bomb. Yeah, those, those are, great. are great. Yeah, no, like she those, yeah. she loves the
2: old school fake could ass. My dad would buy them
0: for his drinks and <laughs> he would give them to me and so I'd eat them.
2: So gross. Those were like the old like. Cherries on a Sunday,
1: right? Okay. Like, oh, yeah. the, like yeah. banana splits or whatever yeah. they give you. These. I can't even eat Did them. you ever have uh, it, like your, it was like your like your grandma's yeah. uh, chocolate candy where it was the chocolate covered ones? I yes. Those, oh god, so gross, <laughs> so gross. I love cherries like real pitted like the red cherries. Yeah, and I love um like like which are basically the Luxardo cherries. Yeah, exactly. But like all the fake. It's like it was like bathed in like fucking <laughs> chemicals. It's so gross. They're
0: delicious. Do you she, like them? She oh she loves yeah, them. Love
2: them. Yeah, and I I'm like you, dude. I love I love the actual real
1: yeah. cherry. I don't it's like nostalgic. the. I mean I, I'm not saying I get I would, the nostalgic.
2: Uh, I wouldn't
1: s- say I would eat them. It, but like I've had times where it's kind of a drink, and I I still eat it, but yeah. it's not like yeah. it's kind of like whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for being on the program. Our first guest, everybody.
1: Hey, let me tell you something, people. You pursue those dreams.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To podcast. Don't miss an episode by clicking subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the show with your friends. And if you dug what you heard, please leave a great review. This helps us live our dharma. And we hope we can help you live yours, too. Cuz you have to.